0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective-type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb savant, we go to the movies. Have you ever been somewhere and you see all those hoity-toity Rich people wanting yes answers to all their demands. So this is a movie that focuses on that. It's called Triangle of Sadness. It's written and directed by Ruben Olstend. In his English language, feature film debut. The film stars Harris Dickinson, Charlie Dean, Dolly DeLeon, Zlatko Burick, Henrik Dawson, Vicky Berlin and Woody Harrelson. Triangle of Sadness had its world premiere at the 2022 Cannes Film Festival. Where it received an eight-minute standing ovation and won the Palme d'Or. As part of this episode of Celebsivant, we'll be speaking to the director Ruben Ostland and main actor Harris Dickinson. Ruben Ostland is a Swedish filmmaker His film Force Majeure was critically acclaimed. His later films The Square and Triangle of Sadness also received positive reviews and won awards at the Cannes Film Festival, along with a Palme d'Or for each. Up next on Celebesavant, we've got Ruben Alston. Ruben, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, congratulations on the film. I'm still thinking about it six days later. (laughs) Okay, Um, great. Uh, For those listeners who do not know anything about the film, tell us a basic overview of what the film is about.
1: It's about a model couple, Carl and Yaya uh, that is invited uh, to a luxury yacht uh, where they meet the creme de la creme of our society and a Marxist captain. Uh, unfortunately the yacht goes under and a couple of billionaires, the model couple and a cleaning lady, uh, from the yacht ends up, ends up on a, a deserted island.
0: There's so many dynamics I want to dive into. So first of all, I love the way people in society generally attach themselves to labels, you know, cleaning lady, billionaire. And on the island, these are all upended into different uh, different labels. And I found it very interesting the way that Abigail, the cleaning lady, took charge and held on to that. How did you decide which characters landed up on the island?
1: Well, I think that first of all, I wanted the models to be on the deserted island because I was interested to look at, Uh, The the currency in their beauty that I have been using in their profession, first of all, of being models, but also on a luxury yacht where beauty is like used as an accessory, like the trophy wife concept. So rich people are like buying themselves the access to beauty. And then on the island, what what part will beauty play on the island, on a deserted island when it's about uh, the struggle of surviving? Uh then, of course, it was interesting to have a couple of the billionaires uh, from the yacht on the island, like uh characters that have been used to be on the top of the hierarchy. And all of a sudden, they don't have any access to their wealth. Um, and then uh, there was um, a sheep stew on the yacht, someone that working with service. Uh, that is maybe also responsible of the safety of the guests, even if they end up on a deserted island. How would she relate to the situation? And then it was Abigail, um, the cleaning lady from the yacht, that is the only one that had the uh, knowledge about how to fish and make fire. So all of a sudden that she had been in the bottom of the hierarchy, when she had these abilities, the only one that actually knows how to survive. How will that change her position? And then I also had uh, a, a disabled person, someone that is completely dependent <clears throat> on the group and can't survive by, by themselves. So it was almost like, okay, taking characters that in some way can represent our society, but on a micro level.
0: Yeah. And what drew you to uh, directing this film?
1: I think that, um, uh, always there's a society interest that is in the, in the bottom on the core of why I'm doing something. I, I always feel that if I don't feel that I disagree on a certain kind of discussion or topic or consensus in our society, then I don't find a topic why I don't want to do something. I want to provoke a discussion about things that I don't agree on, that I feel like people in general think in our society. So when it came to Triangle of Sadness and all of my films, basically, you know, it's about um, uh, sociology. I think that sociology is a beautiful topic because Mm. it doesn't put blame on the individual when we fail. It's actually pointing on the context of a situation. So if you think about the milligram experiment, the milligram experiment is a classical sociological experiment where you have a test person that is uh, uh commanded by a, a, a doctor in a white coat to, to give electrical shocks to another fake test person. This person is not for real. <clears throat> and this doctor <clears throat> is telling the test person to give higher voltage shocks uh, and like gradually going up to lethal dangerous shocks. And the sociological experiment is showing that most of us would actually listen to this doctor and uh, and and follow his his commands and uh, um um and i mean of course that is kind of horrible if you have a data test person sitting there and getting these electricity shocks but what sociology do, does it that it shows in this context with our respectful authorities and so on we would probably do the same thing so In our times that we live in, I believe that we live in times where we are completely obsessed with the individual. We're trying to uh, look for the answer in the individual differences. Uh, Like we have almost in news reporting, we have a good guy and a bad guy. And uh, so we have forgotten a little bit about the sociological approach to us human beings. And if you look at sociology, Marx was one one of the founders of sociology. Uh, so if you look at sociology, it's not so controversial to talk about sociology, even if it's very controversial to talk about Marx and communism and so on. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, there's a certain kind of approach to to looking at us that I uh, is, is think is very sympathetic.
0: You know, without giving too much away to the listening audience who hasn't seen the film yet, I highly recommend it. I must say that, in inverted, in inverted commas, the, the dinner s- section where – what well, I call it, the vomiting section was one of the fun- funniest <laughs> scenes I've seen in a movie. I was killing myself laughing and it was so funny. I found it so hysterical. Everyone's feeling sick and yet the, the people who are serving were like, okay, we must just carry on in our roles and be, uh, carry on with the service.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was a big part of it for me because I love when social contracts are broken and i wanted to look at how the people that was looking at people vomiting how they reacted you know that that was a big part of it uh and it was a hard scene to shoot because first of all we had uh, built uh, the interior of, of the yacht in a in the studio on a gimbal uh so we we were rocking the studio like almost 20 degrees like cool. this yeah. and it created a chaos during the shooting that made it hard to control the shooting and then the vomiting we were solving in three different ways. We had one actress that actually could provoke vomiting by herself. Oh wow. Uh, Sunni Meles, uh, the one that is like vomiting straight off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we also had tubes that was going up and into the mouth and changing direction in the mouth. So we could sit with air pressure and push a button and like it come like this cascade vomiting thing yeah. out of the actor's mouth and then we did some vfx afterwards like uh, computer uh, vfx where we uh, added some vomit also um but it was a chaotic scene to shoot it was chaotic to edit it because it took almost half a year for me to edit the, like the the curve and the how the how the how the intensity goes up and so on before i was wow. satisfied with it
0: Again, without giving too much away to the listening audience, for me, I believe Abigail, Abigail did at the end do what she was going to do because you sort of left us hanging. What do you feel that she did at the end?
1: Uh, it's actually not so important for me what she did. And I have not decided myself, but I had, okay. a, I had a goal and it was like that. I wanted the audience because, okay, we can tell the audience she ends up in a dilemma. Yes. Uh, and uh, in this dilemma, she had two options. And uh, I wanted half of the audience to go for one of the options, and I wanted the yeah. half of the audience to go for the other option. And I wanted the audience to identify with the possibility of doing both things. Okay. Uh, so that was the goal. But me, myself, I actually don't know, and I'm not so interested in what she does because it's okay. the dilemma and the possibility that I was interested in.
0: Brilliant. Congratulations for winning um, at the Cannes Festival, the awards. And what's next uh, for Ruben? What's What are you directing next? What's on your plate?
1: Well, I'm aiming for the third Golden Palm with my next team. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, <laughs> It's called the entertainment system is down. Okay. It takes place on a long-haul flight. So, you know, one of these flights that are 15 hours long or more. Yes. And quite soon after takeoff, the passengers get the horrible news from the crew that the entertainment system is not working. There will be nothing on your screens in front of you, on your seats. Okay. And, uh, when the iPhones and the iPads are charging out, we have modern human beings that is completely addicted to, you know, sit and scroll on these. Yeah. are tuned to analog boredom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yes, it's going to be a sociological study what happens then. And have you already filmed that? No, I'm uh, writing it now. I'm picking okay. it and writing it and costing it, and uh, we soon we will start the costing next year, I guess. Okay. Uh, but in the pre-production,
0: what attracted you to cost the cost that you did cost for a Triangle of Sadness?
1: Well, we knew that when we were starting the film, me and the casting director we talked about like okay it 's going to be an international setup of the film, the fashion world and the luxury is an in international world, so to speak, so we can have de- many different uh, nationalities and uh, uh, I said uh, to the casting director, I want to try to create a real Madrid uh, ensemble so that uh, the goal should be that we pick the best players. To just create a great team, so we shouldn't pick someone only because they are known. We should actually find the one that is the best to play play the character. Yeah. So we were doing a lot of casting. We were casting in. Yeah. We you know that we used Charlie Dean from yes. South Africa. Yeah. Uh, we had Harris Dickinson from UK. Uh, Dolly De Leon from uh, the Philippines. Uh, uh, Woody Harrison from the US. Slatko Burik and Vicky de Berlin from Denmark, Swedish actors, Henrik Dorcina. It's, it's a multinational cast, but it came out of that. We actually traveled around and did a lot of casting in different different places.
0: Ruben, putting it out there, and that you'll be winning your third at the <laughs> Cannes. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the next uh, movie, but congratulations. I've been recommending it to everyone. It is a superb piece of work and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you for your time this morning.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Up next, we speak to
0: Harris Dickinson, who plays Carl in Triangle of Sadness. Harris is an English actor. He's known for starring in this drama series Beach Rats, for which he was nominated for the Independent Spirit Award for Best Male Lead. He has since played John Paul Getty III in the FX drama series Trust and starring the film Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, The King's Man, Triangle of Sadness and with the Craw Diets Sing. Up next, We've got Harris Dickinson. So Harris, thank you for your time today. So let's start. Tell us about your character in Triangle of Sadness. Who do you play and what's the film about?
2: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Good to, good to be talking to you. I, so I play a guy called Carl, who is a male model at a strange point in his career where he is starting to, you know, lose momentum um in a professional sense he's he's with uh Yaya who's a fairly successful model and she is exceeding him in many ways and you know when we meet him in the film he's kind of battling with the idea of um uh of imbalance and uh you know uh stereotypical gender based roles he's very interested in trying to challenge those but doesn't quite know how to go about it in the right way and so he's this uh young guy sort of battling with um what it means to be a modern man i suppose um and he's shameless and he's pathetic and he's (laughs) he's he's human you know
0: and what attracted you to take on the role
2: i think all of those things i think i was initially quite scared of the prospect of humiliating myself to that degree in within a role normally you 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 get to step into roles and battle certain subjects and tackle certain themes but yourself is often protected but in this it felt like you had to sort of open up and and be be prepared to you know be humiliated and I think it's evident in Ruben's work that that, that everyone, no one is spared, you know, within the film, no one is spared. Everyone is scrutinized. Everyone is, uh, kind of tackled head on in, in terms of their behavior, in terms of what they, what they do in those extreme moments. And I think that for me, Carl was just someone who was interesting and, 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 um, complex. And I just wanted to try and, you know, give myself to that. A discovery of him because it was a discovery along the way. You know the the, the scenarios within the film really are, are very much what define him rather than you know who he is. And
0: it's interesting you say that because without giving too much to away to the listening audience, I found that the film tackles what in inverted commas labels and the p- labels that people put themselves as in society, and then that gets undone through the various. Parts in the film, so yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you know, there's the the island uh, scenes, or after um, when the boat goes down and uh, on the island section, where all those labels are c- completely upended, and people mm. step into different labels and take on uh, ways to carry on with power and greed in different circumstances. Mm. Do you feel that, um, Carl? Was a person that was easily manip- manipulated in the film by the characters that he was associated with.
2: Tough one. I I don't know whether he was manipulated. I think he was. He was. He was easily put into those roles in in the sense that he he did what it what's best for him. I think he started out with good intentions. And what's interesting is that we you know we we start the film with this with this first section in the the fashion industry and yeah. we see the setup of our relationship and we see how um manipulative yaya can be yeah sense of you know not paying the bill and 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 admitting to being open about that in the later scenes and i think that carl spends his whole time trying to you know he just wants to be in a relationship that is fair and somewhat equal whatever that whatever that notion means in, in today's world and i think that once we get to the island he finds that in abigail because she is the person providing so he he very quickly slips into this role where he is um you know he is less than and his beauty is his currency and he realizes that Oh, this is actually a, 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 positioning within this dynamic that I'm, that, that I can be content with. And it's interesting because what he doesn't find in Yaya, he finds in Yaya, uh, in Abigail, sorry. Mm. I genuinely believe that there is a, there was a real connection there with those two and it wasn't just a transactional thing, but, um, whether he's manipulated or not, I, I don't know. I think he does what's, I think he just does what's best for his survival, you know?
0: What's next for you? Can you give us any details of what's next? Uh, what you're busy filming? What's next in your pipeline?
2: Yeah, so I'm 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 currently filming this um, this A24 film with Sean Durkin about eighties uh, wrestling. It's called The Iron Claw. It's about the um, the Von eric family, uh, the sort of heyday of uh, early uh, wrestling in the seventies through to the eighties. And, uh, we're, we're, we're filming that right now in, in Louisiana. So that, that should be fun. And, um, yeah, I, I have a few things coming up next year. I have a, a TV series with Emma Corrin called, uh, Retreat, which will be on FX and, uh, Hulu. So yeah, some, some stuff is on the horizon.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot a little game I like to play with uh the guys I interview Where? your top I know it's not easy not easy because every time I ask this question if I had to ask you this question in five minutes ten minutes two hours tomorrow it'll be a different list Yeah. in this moment your top five other artists actors that you'd like to collaborate with in a movie that you have, or film or television show that you have yet to do so
2: yes Um I really want to work with Lynn Ramsey, I really want to work with Julia DeCorno, who just did T Town. Um I, I really wanna work with I mean, there's a lot of uh actors last year that I wanted to work with that I got to work with last year. Sam Rockwell was one of them, Sir Shavonan was one of them. Mm-hmm. So my list is slowly getting ticked off and I feel very <laughs> grateful for that. Um, you know, David Fincher. Claire Denis. Uh...
0: Harris, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an yeah. honor speaking to you. Last message to the people who listen to this podcast, which is listened through to internationally, locally in South Africa. What would you like to say to them?
2: Keep listening to podcasts. They're nourishing for the soul. Educational. <laughs> stimulating. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Watch the film. Enjoy it. Talk about it with friends. Watch it again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect.